back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I'm here again with my lovely wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. And there she is. And we're glad to be back with you on another episode of The Abnormal Christian. You can reach us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places you might be surfing the internet. Um, today we're going to be doing an episode. Uh, it's probably going to be titled, What is a Blessing? I um, really want to get into this because uh, we've got quite a bit of scripture to go over and some ideas to talk about. Um, really, the uh, the premise and the reason we're going to discuss this today is um, current culture. And we've talked about the prosperity gospel before. We've talked about um, the way that people are drawn into um, being told that they can be prosperous in Jesus, that Jesus wants you to prosper in all these things that you do. Um, so anyway, I was I was exp- I was telling Natasha yesterday. Um, I have some friends on Facebook who, uh, and I'm not trying to put their business out there, but uh, it, it just leads me to this question. But they had bought a, a piece of property and um, they were really happy about it. And one of the comments on the uh, the comments under the the pictures and everything was, well, look, the Lord is really blessed you. And I asked Natasha, I said, does, is that, what is a blessing? What does that even mean? The Lord has really blessed you. So uh, the question was, is, is God willing to bless us with debt? Cause that's really what it is. Uh, we, you know, there's going to be different, I, I known churches that needed property to build a church or uh, people that needed money to, uh, to build a house or whatever. And I've known those instances where the church was able to raise the money. The money was there and they paid for it free and clear. I've known that happen many times. I've known a lot of churches that that's happened where they needed a bus and the money came in and it was free and clear and they didn't, you know, they didn't incur debt. And so really listening, you know, it wasn't the people who bought the property who brought this up, but just a commenter, somebody with trying to be nice. And I get that. Um, but they, they seem to have the idea of what a blessing is all really confused. And I don't really think it's just that one person because I think everyone else would agree. They would say, wow, you've managed to get a, uh, a real nice piece of property at a really nice place. And wow, God must be really blessing you. Um, and that's the same thing we would look at someone with a new car, uh, someone with a new home. And we would say, wow, you got a nice car, man. God must be blessing you, you know, and not knowing the background of that, that there may be debt that came along with that. I know I and Natasha both, we, we fully agree that we don't believe that it's God's purpose for us to be in debt. I just don't think so. I don't think as a Christian, we, we're, we're supposed to be, according to the Old Testament, we're supposed to be in the position of loaning money to other people. That's where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be at the, uh, the, the situation where we're so debt-free that um, we can take care of others and we don't have to ask for it back. I mean, uh, but that's not what we see. So generally in the prosperity movement, the prosperity gospel, it's all about God blessing me with things. Well, if God gives me more, I'll be happy. If God gives me more money, I'll be happy. And so uh, just focusing on money real quick, when we talk about money, um, when it comes to the Bible and really the things that money does, money really, uh, money can make you bitter. Money can make you separated from your friends and family. Money can make you uh, even greedier because you want more of it. Um, there's a lot of things that money can do. Now it can provide for your needs and can provide for all the things you have to pay for, right? Um, but loving money, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil, the love for the love of money. Um, so, you know, it's this idea of what, what is a blessing and what does God consider a blessing? Is he going to bless me with debt? I mean, what do you think? I don't think that putting you in a position where you can take on more debt to buy what something that's over and above what your need is. Right. So I I definitely think there's a, there's a difference between a want, a desire and a need. 
Um, and one of the things I find really interesting is that you never see Jesus preach about this. He never says, um, go out and collect more. You know, he doesn't ever say, um, thy sins are forgiven of you, um, take and go buy a big house. You know, he doesn't say your sins are forgiven, go get in a bunch of debt. He doesn't say your sins are forgiven, you know, well, here God's going to bless you with all this property, but you got to pay on it for 30 years. So, you know, uh, but he never encourages the people to to seek after money. In fact, he tells them to seek after the kingdom of God um, and his righteousness. And it says all these things will be added to you. Um, there's other verses in Psalms where it talks about the Lord saying he would give you the desire of your heart. But what it really means is he will, he becomes the desire of your heart. God himself becomes the desire of your heart. And so I think we get this, I don't know if it's, it's, it's the world over. It's not just America, but it's the world over this idea that, um, I'm going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And God's going to provide and give me all these things. And some of it may come with debt attached to it, but that's God's provision. And I don't believe that for a minute. I don't think, uh, now God may give me a good job where I make great money and I'm able to buy things. Hey, I, I can go there. That's fine. But God is never going to put me into a position to where I need to get in debt to do something. I don't really believe that. Um, others out there may, and that's fine. I don't care. Uh, but I really, for myself, I know how stupid I am, and I, I can do that on my own. I don't, you know. So when I think of God's blessings and provisions, I think of situations where someone is sick and they pray for healing and the Lord heals them, or someone had cancer and the Lord heals them. He didn't just barely take away the cancer, and he didn't barely take away the sickness. He does it completely. You know, that's the that's the power of God is that... Well, I think we discussed that if a blessing comes without strings. Absolutely. Yeah, there should not be... A, if it's a blessing of God, there's not going to be strings attached to it. He's not going to say, I'm going to bless you, but you've got all these other the qualifiers that have to go along with it. Um, the Lord is... I mean, if He is our Father in heaven and everything is made by the word of His mouth, just by Him speaking, um, then when He needs to bless us, when He seeks to bless us, uh, and I, I don't want to get tied up because I think a lot of people get tied up in the, the money side of it, that God is going to bless me with money. God is going to bless me with riches. God is going to bless me. Material uh, things. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's honestly, it's, it's partially our fault. Uh, I, I'm going to hit on this real quick and make some people mad, but it's fine. Um, we talk about tithing sometimes. We talk about the 10%. Everyone loves to go to the book of Malachi and point out that the Israel, the, you know, Israel wasn't bringing their money to the storehouse, which is not what it says. It actually says they were paying their tithes and their dues to God. And it says he was still upset with them but the, because they weren't giving him what they owed him. And it wasn't the money that he was complaining about. It was the honor and praise that he deserved. That's what he was upset about. He wasn't upset that they were withholding from the, the storehouse, the temple. They were supposed to bring their, their money there with a gracious heart and a giving heart. Um, and they weren't doing that. They, they admitted that they were tithing. You know, but um, the Lord's like, you know, if, if you'll, you will give uh, of that gracious heart, if you'll give those things you're supposed to give to me, I'll open the windows of heaven and I will bless you. And what's he going to bless you with from the windows of heaven? He's going to bless you with his love, his peace, uh, his love, his mercy, his peace. Those are the things that are real blessings. Um, so we're going to look at a story here real quick in the book of Psalms, chapter 73. Uh, this is Asaph. Asaph is one of the, uh, he's a chief musician for David. He is a Levite. Um, he actually was the, ran a school of music for David. Uh, when they carried the Ark of the Covenant, uh, you had to know songs and you had to know how to worship and praise the Lord if you touched it. So that was his job. Him and his two brothers, they led, led this school of music. And uh, this is the Psalm of Asaph, and this is what he says. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. 
But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. All right. So hold on. So he's he's saying he almost slipped and fell, basically. he's He was envious of the foolish um, when he saw the prosperity of the wicked. So he's talking about the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. So why would they? Why would they be? Why would they not be in trouble like other men or plagued like other men? What is keeping them from having difficulties in life? Money. Ah, there it is. So they have money. Therefore, pride com- compath- compasseth them about as a chain; violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness; they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. All right, so stopping right there for a second. He's saying, everybody needs to understand this. You're hearing what Asaph's saying. He said, they are prospering in the world and they increase in riches. If we think that the idea of God blessing us is to gain more, to get more of what the world has to offer us, then we have the wrong idea of what a blessing is. He is sitting here saying they don't have any needs. They don't have any desires. They've got so much money that they're even asking, can God himself see what we're doing? Does he even hear what we're doing? Does he hear what we're saying? And Asaph is saying, this is a trait of the wicked. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places, thou casteth them down into destruction. So it goes into the temple of the Lord. So this is where he really gets in and the Lord starts showing him something. He starts to show him that they're sitting on a slippery place and they're going to be cast down into destruction. And Asaph, even though they have money and even though they don't have any wants that you can physically see, they're in danger of destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one waketh, oh, so, O Lord, when thou wake, awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my veins. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. So he's asking, you know, he, he gets this this revelation of, of clarity, this revelation of thought that there's nothing in this earth that he desires. So he says, Lord, there's nothing I want besides you. There's nothing else. You're going to hold my hand. Even, even to the point of my death, you're going to hang on to me by the right hand, your powerful hand. You're going to hold on to me. And while these men are prospering in this world, he sees that they're set at destruction. And then he realizes, oh, how foolish was I. How foolish was I that I envied them, that I wanted to be like them, that I didn't understand why I couldn't have what they have. Whom have I in heaven but thee, that, but, 
and there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. All right, so that's the 73rd Psalm, the Song of Asaph. So if you really want to get in there, read that again. I read it out loud to myself today, and I really found myself in, in just feeling and under, and feeling what the guy's saying, because he... It's easy to get caught up in what everybody else has. It's easy to get caught up in what it looks like God is doing for someone else. You know, I think we we listen to a, a gentleman named David Ramsey who talks about um, being financially free, being free of debt. And he, he gave a story of, you know, you drive by someone's house and you see how big it is and you see the new car in the driveway and you think to yourself, wow, they're really doing great, you know. Um, but you don't know what's going on in the background. You don't know the debt that came with the house or the debt that came with the car, the the guilt or the um, the worry that comes in paying those bills. And the, you know, it's, it's easy to look at a rich man and say, wow, I'm really envious of that person. They have everything they want. Why do I have to struggle? I think we all ask that question. Mm -hmm. Lord, why do I, you know, why is my basement flooding and why is my car not running right and why is this and why is that and I'm paying all this money and I'm trying to do what's right and things keep happening and Lord I don't understand I feel like I'm getting beat up but you know even Asaph said boy it was a really foolish to look at other people and compare myself to what's going on with them because they're leading themselves they're headed down a path of destruction which money can't buy you out of there's no way money's ever going to buy you out of destruction so getting back to blessings when we're talking about God blessing us um what would be the takeaway from what Asaph's saying? What is a real blessing here? Is he's talking about the the rich and they're they're wealthy and they have no troubles, but that doesn't seem to be a blessing. That seems to be a, a distraction for them. Well, I think the the real takeaway is that you know I've heard this as a kid. You build up your riches in heaven, not necessarily here on earth. So um, people get too focused, I think, on what they can accumulate here. And they try to compare themselves to people around them. And what that does is it just robs you of your joy. It, it just keeps you constantly feeling like you need more. And yeah. what am I doing wrong? Why can't I have that over there? Right. But, I think, you know, I, I listen to, I work in, a, you know, we both work in a secular field. And I have a lot of people, young people especially, who come work for me. And uh, it's it's crazy how generally, generationally um, different sayings come out. You know, when we were kids, I think it was radical and cool and awesome. And, I, you know, we use different phrases. Um, but anyway, one of the things I consistently hear is, I got to stack that paper. You know, I got to stack. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I think they work for, you know, the uh, newspaper in town, but that's not it. They're talking about money. You know, I got to stack that paper. Got to go get that, you know, go get, what, go, go get that paper. That's what they keep saying. Got to go get that paper. And I'm like, what? You got to do what? Maybe I'm getting old and I'm not. Under but the idea is they're greatly focused on money. Um, I read an article about two months ago that talked about this younger generation is willing to work itself to death to get money. They're willing to do, you know, the ones who want to work are willing to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week to get money because money is the be all end all. If you look at the world and the culture, the, the music culture, the movie culture, the the drug culture. I mean, you look at the whole world and it's all about getting more money. It's about getting more things because if I have more things, then I'm happier. Yet suicide rates in the United States are at an all time unprecedented high. It's ridiculous. The amount of people who are doing, taking that way out because what they got was they got debt, they got trouble, they got worry, they got fear. That's what they got when they started chasing after these things. Well, I think whenever you, um, 
take your source of happiness outside of yourself and try to find it um, outside of internally that you are always going to struggle with that. I agree. But I, I, I agree with that. Uh, but I also think that, you know, our, our searching for happiness is external. It's, it's looking for God. I mean, it's, it's, it's where you're putting your faith, right? It's where you're putting your trust because if you trust in the world, you're obviously going to be let down at some point. I, I mean, it's the, uh, the thing, the beauty fades, right? So you look at the people in Hollywood, the older they get, the less jobs they get because they're not young and attractive anymore. And then um, they make themselves look, Absolutely. They, they do all these different things with plastic surgery and they keep chasing after this youth that they had because that was to them, that was a blessing. Um, and so when it comes to the church, you know, we, we, it sounds ridiculous, but stop telling people that they're blessed for getting debt. That just sounds ridiculous. Why would we, you know, we should say, well, that's really nice, but we're not going to say, I'm not going to say, wow, you know, but even if we take debt out of it and, and say this person who posted this on your Facebook, they paid cash for it. I mean, well, but, even if they still pay cash for it, is that a blessing? Not really. I mean, if it, God, now I'm going to take this where God is blessing us. I don't us. think God is going to bless you with more than what you need. Uh, well, I agree with that. I honestly don't. You know, we have uh, we have one house here we live in. We don't have a vacation home in the mountains. We don't have one at the beach. We don't have one in, in Puerto Rico or anywhere like that. We don't have vacation homes around the world. Um, and we struggle. We scrape together to go do things and take trips. But I'm not. I would feel guilty. Me personally, now this is just me, and anybody else can do what they want. But I would feel guilty having two or three homes. I would feel guilty of. I would having feel guilty having two or three homes while a relative has to continue to work a full time job, and they shouldn't. Absolutely, absolutely. I think you know we we look at that, and so I'm our, trying to put your business is out it there. is it, but is it. Um, it's greed on our side, and it's right. greed that we want to say. So the interesting thing is you can, you might disagree with me if you're listening to this podcast. You might say, Brad, you're really being unreasonable. If God wants me to have 10 cars, I should have 10 cars. If he's going to bless me with two houses, you know, I'm going to speak it into existence and all of that, really. So I want to point out something to you, though. I'm going to go back a little bit. Now, we were talking about Jesus and what he was talking about. Did He ever, He never told them that they needed more money and that they should seek after the things of the world. He never told anyone that they would increase in prosperity in this world. What he actually said was it was... For, harder for a richer man to pass through the eye of a needle than it was for them to get into heaven because they put their faith in riches. Honestly, when you when you come and you look at it and Jesus went to the lowest of the low, he was uh, accused of hanging out with the drunkards and the, you know, the poor people. And, and why are you hanging out with those people? It doesn't make any sense. Um, because he understood they have nothing to put their faith in and they are willing to trust in the Lord. The rich man doesn't have to do that. He's got his money in his pocket and he's taken care of. And I'm not saying that rich people can't go to heaven, but Jesus himself that it said it was a pretty difficult thing because they put their hope and their trust and their faith in the money. They put their hope and faith in that they can buy something <clears throat> with their money. Um, so when it comes down to a blessing, what is the what is a real blessing? That's the real question that I have um, because I think we we want to be blessed by God, um, but we want I don't know you know we want to be blessed. I think. We get so focused on the monetary and the physical, um, the material. And, and so when we pray, we pray to God to bless us with those things. Lord, can you give me this? But say if you something happens to you that's, that's not typically what you would consider a blessing. But through this, God is showing you or he's trying to teach you patience. Is that 
a roundabout blessing? Well, I think so. I think the Lord, what the Lord is going to do for us is increase his son. I think any blessing that we get is going to be an increase of Jesus in our life. So if, if he's trying to teach us patience, that's what he's doing. He's increasing Jesus in our lives so that we learn to be more patient like he was. That is a blessing of God. Um, interestingly, did you have something you want to read? Uh, well, you were talking about <laughs> Go ahead. God wasn't going to bless us. And it just reminded me of you uh, Acts 9 when we did our study. Okay. 9.16, for I will show you how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Absolutely, and, and and that's the thing. If we're supposed to have the uh, the health, wealth, and prosperity that the, the world wants us to think we need, um, why would he tell us that we're going to suffer for his name's sake? Why would he tell us that that is something that we should face? Why would they say that? Why would they go into understanding that when they came out of Jerusalem with the gospel, that they were persecuted by the Jews, they're going to be persecuted by the Romans? I mean, why would they take that on if they really thought, hey, guys, all you got to do is get saved and you're going to have a new house and you're going to have 17 new camels and Pretty healthy, you know, wealthy and wise, 73 new wives or whatever. So anyway, so when I end up uh, this this episode, I want to read out of Matthew chapter five and I want to read something for you real quick so that everybody can hear what Jesus said um, is a blessing. Uh, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain and when he was set, his disciples came unto him and he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted by the prophets which were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherein shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world, a city that cannot be hid on a hill. So we're looking at the, the word of God and he's saying, blessed are the poor and blessed are the meek and blessed are the humble and blessed are the merciful and blessed are the pure in heart. The blessings of God have more to do with attributes that he's going to give us, which is the Holy Spirit, which is love, joy, peace. Absolutely. So when we're talking about God blessing us, yes, I think God can bless us monetarily. If we're struggling, we have a bill to pay and something comes in the mail and it takes care of that need, that can be a blessing from God. But I honestly do, do not believe that the blessings of God come with caveats. They don't come with strings attached. They don't come with debt attached to it. Um, God will bless us free and clear because he himself is able to do so. Anything else? All right. So. <laughs> so this has been an episode really about what is a blessing. And uh, if you have an idea or a thought or something you want to tell me uh, that you have a blessing in your life, you can email us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. Uh, no spaces, theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. And we'll be glad to get those letters. Maybe read some of your blessings on the podcast. Let other people know what God's doing for you. Uh, in our own life, God is continuing to bless us. He's continuing to help the podcast grow. He's uh, keeping our children alive when they do dumb things. He's keeping us. <laughs> alive when animals run out of the woods into the you know in front of our vehicles while we're driving he's doing wonderful things for us consistently above and beyond what we could ever imagine i think the moving hand of god is something that we don't always see but he's always moving on our behalf so we uh, hope that you are genuinely genuinely blessed and that the lord uh, continues to provide for your needs according to his riches and glory